stand-up comic joke it up one time. Fun day. Smile. Yeah, that's funny. You can talk to the mic. Fun day. Yeah, yeah. We mostly just hate this now. I mean... People. I hate it more than you. <laughs> well, you know what? Some guests are like, oh, this is funny. And then some guests just don't even listen to it. And I'm like, aren't you surprised that this is how we start? Sets. I don't know. Let's talk about sets. Let's talk about sets. Let's talk about sets. Hey, this is Let's Talk About Sets, a New York City nerd cast all about the science and craft of stand-up comedy. I am Jeff McBride, and with me, sporting the silky, smooth, easy-listening, low voice of a man-boy dedicated to contracting lung cancer, <laughs> is the very funny Harrison Tweed. Hi. <laughs> Our theme today is anecdotes. Our guest is Kate Willett. Hello. Hey. <laughs> We're going to get started by playing a bit that Kate selected. It's by the wonderful Maria Bamford from her 2007 <laughs> album, How to Win. It's because it's like in caps. Uh, and it, the track is called Super Competent People. Yeah, I'm no longer single. I've been dating somebody, so I've lost all this. Uh, I've been dating somebody. I'm in love, and uh, he's fantastic. But I have, I have ever... I went on a date with somebody, um, you remember somebody like super confident? There's something about, about super confident people. Like he's, I went on this date with this guy and he's like, he's like, so uh, what do you do for a living? <laughs> what do you, what, what kind of work do you do? Oh, I'm a, I'm a comedian. So, uh, oh yeah, comedy. No, I thought about doing that. Yeah, no comedy. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I thought about doing that. You know, what if I do, I wouldn't do what you do, because I see what you do. But uh, I do like, like uh, Jerry Seinfeld, you know? I just like, we do like one good joke after that, just like boom, boom, boom. Just go like a TV show and just fucking coast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do that too. <laughs> That's what I do. So what do you do for fun? What kind of things do you do for fun to get out there? Uh, I'm taking an art class at the Wizard of Art. Um, I'm painting an apple. <laughs> it's called Apple. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, art. Yeah, no, I tell I get you saying, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't do, you know, if I were you, you know, I wouldn't do, like, kind of like that, uh, you know, like, still life and shit. Yeah, yeah, no, I would do, like, um, just, like, Picasso. Like, stuff that would, like, just blow people's minds. <laughs> stuff that we should thought of. And then just, like, make millions of them, and then, like, get a tote bag and keychains and shit and display those, and then just fucking coast. <laughs> <laughs> That's my new attitude towards everything. I just ask people what they do. What do you do? Yeah. I'd do that, and then I'd go, boom, boom, booyah! (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) So, yeah. All right. So, Kate, why'd why'd you pick that bit? What speaks to you about it? I just love her kind of observations about people and you know it's so it's so it's like gentle and biting at the same time uh-huh yeah yeah it's that's a really good way to put it it's it's like it's like a nibble like yeah. she's like you know she's biting but it's not the teeth don't really sink in yeah yeah because <laughs> she kind of has like that kooky aunt voice and yeah. she just kind of yeah it's very palatable even yeah. if she was making fun of you you'd enjoy it yeah totally and she's also really imaginative you know like <laughs> yeah like what she does with language is really fun you yeah. know and intonation holy shit her intonation's just like it's so incredible at the beginning of this to create contrast she is saying, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a comedian. And then to, she, you could just hear it. Everything in the way she's saying it, the breathy way she's the saying shyness. it. It's just this shy, mousy thing to contrast between, yeah, I'll I just coast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. She does so much with her voice. I don't know many other comedians that are capable of that. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. And so, like, for the theme, uh, the theme is anecdotes. And I, this definitely feels like you know, this happened to her or something similar. Yeah, maybe something like that happened to her and, like, maybe she's getting a little more, like, outrageous with the examples of what he said, but, you know, probably something like that happened to her. I don't know. Yeah. Well, we know that guy. Everyone knows that guy. Everyone knows that guy, I think, which makes it very relatable. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Especially when you're dating. Like, you meet people like that a lot. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, I don't know that I've met that guy dating, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I, but, I, but I feel like that would be more of the man being that kind of over. Probably, yes, yeah. Overactive. That's a very dude mentality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could probably do that. Yeah, yeah. 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 One of the things I like about the use of anecdotes in stand-up is it's a logical fallacy, the way that we usually use it. It's basically like, here's an example of this behavior. Everybody does this. Like you, you, you meet a crazy lady at the grocery store, and, and that's where the anecdote would stop for a non-comedian. That's where it's just an anecdote. It doesn't become a bit. Mm-hmm. But the next moment that a comedian, the next thing that a comic does is they go, that's how grocery stores make people crazy, mm-hmm. right? It's that next step with the anecdote that makes that takes it that makes like it attaches so, a thesis to the incident, right? So I, I love that, but it is a fallacy usually, and we use lots of fall- logical fallacies to make our comedy work. I love that one in particular, just because in any other context, it's not cool <laughs> to yeah. take one example and now that's the way it is everywhere. Yeah. But that makes in, sense. But in comedy, people love it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because it, it is silly. Like, you're not um, under the same obligations of logic yeah, than yeah. anything else. It's like, it is, it's silly. The right. goal is making people laugh. So yeah. you get a little more breathing room. Right. Oh, for sure. It's yeah. a logical trick. It needs to be disguised and hidden and quick. And you got to do all kinds of crazy things. But there's a, there's a trick. If you sit down and you think about it, a lot of times you're like, well, that doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> Which is frustrating when you're in a room with like a heckler that's like the, <laughs> the like oh well actually i found a hole in your logic it's like well it's yeah, a that's joke the joke yeah yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i like when people use an anecdote to um to prove a point but uh it's I, we were talking about this before sarah silverman has this bit about how she uh she was like women are forced to girls are gr- uh, told to like grow up so fast they're they're almost sexualized at such a young age and then she's like like i went to change my uh niece's diaper and i looked down totally shaved and <laughs> and it's hilarious and that it, it it doesn't prove her point at all but yet it does in this funny way yeah you know what i mean totally. like those almost like misdirection uh, uh anecdote thesis i don't know even how to describe that but well it's an absurd exaggeration right yeah um but it shows in the absurd exaggeration you sort of see that kernel of truth yes yes yeah Yeah. definitely that makes sense so let's talk about the difference between an anecdote and a story um oh yes because one of the things kate that you're known for that our listeners may or may not know is uh you told a fantastic story on this is not happening comedy central's wonderful uh, storytelling show And that's an entire full-on comedic storytelling experience. But an anecdote is not that. I feel like stories are something that, you know, if it happens to you and it's really funny, there's like some kind of hero's journey, you know, like a beginning, Mm -hmm. a middle, and an end to it. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, there's just, you know, there's a resolution of some point. Like that story that you're talking about, it was about me trying to... Fine, birth control. I'm praying, man. And <laughs> then I eventually found it, you know, and that was the end of the story. Right. Uh-huh. But not everything in life happens that way. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the time there's things that are uh, just kind of funny without like particularly like a beginning and middle and end or just or maybe. Just something someone says to you on the street. Yeah, or- maybe something someone says to you or maybe or maybe it's just too long. You know, maybe uh-huh. uh, some guy says something um, really dumb to you and then uh, you date him for uh, six years <laughs> and then you can't fit all that into <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the story. Yeah. So it's you could just kind of take little pieces of things, I think. Uh-huh. Right. There's no with an anecdote. There's no expectations, emotional journey. And then those those expectations are neither shattered nor destroyed it's just a hey here's this thing that happened yeah it's almost just like observed human behavior yes and with stand-up it's very bread and butter we have to have those those little anecdotes dan perlman was on a episode recently uh, we were talking about perspective on that episode and he he mentioned anecdotes that that's a lot of um, younger comedians will stop at the anecdote They'll have the funny thing, and then they'll just be like, "What? That was very amusing and funny." But then the next step that a lot of people don't take is um, is to then tell people not only why is that funny, but here are all these different angles on this thing, um, taking it, widening it out to societal or existential kinds of perspectives. Oh man, 
It's it is super funny when comedians do that when they like have something that happened and then they like just kind of explain to you why it's funny like for a bunch of reasons that you hadn't even thought about you yeah, know yeah. Mm-hmm. and it just grows into this big I I was wondering when do you because you use anecdotes a lot that's why we brought you on here um, when something happens to you how long does it take you to realize that that's worth commenting on in a stand up context Uh it really varies man yeah. you know I think it's like. I have had periods in my life where I was doing a lot of really stupid things. And <laughs> then I guess in some of those situations, I knew like right away, you know, was yeah, like, yeah. this was so stupid and it's <laughs> funny. You know, I, I think if you're just uh, living a normal life, maybe not normal, but you're just, you know, you're not out there looking for trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> maybe you have to kind of maybe it takes a little more thought, you know, yeah, to, yeah. to kind of like be like what's funny about this but it's as you know it's as rewarding like maybe in some ways it's like more funny to think of like stuff that is just i don't know stuff that's not it's just not like always like oh yeah like i took all these drugs i had sex with it i mean it's like that is very relatable to some people but it's it's also like that's just one part of life you know like Uh you don't have to always like think uh Look for the most chaotic thing. (laughs) So the thing that happens, right? You experience this, this, this little thing in your life. And then you, you think about it a certain way, you react to it right then. But then when you go to take it on stage, um, do you, um, does your perspective often shift? When I do like anecdotes on stage, Mm -hmm. like I think it's fun to have like a certain swagger about it and Mm -hmm. like kind of like, um, you know, just like a confidence in my own wit and intelligence. But Uh like a lot of the time, like if something does, somebody does something ridiculous to me in real life, my response is like, oh, okay, man. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just take it in. I guess this makes sense. I think in the moment I'm just almost an overly accommodating person. So (laughs) that's probably why I want that like a revenge later or something. Totally. So funny. So like, so when you get on stage and you're telling this anecdote, you're like, you're like, are you ready to hear the ideal world scenario? (laughs) How this should have gone had I had the moxie to do it. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha now. You got to take into account I'm a comedian when you do this shit around me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like writing comebacks that are like four years late. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like it's, it is. It is that ultimate moment where you walk. You walk away from a scenario. You go. That was what I should have said. Yeah. yeah. Guess who's gonna say it to everybody? <laughs> yeah. Now? yeah. Burn. That's <laughs> yeah. That's oh, funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this may be a super dumb question, but do you have anything that like really t- is like a ping for you? Where you go. That's gonna go on stage. Are there certain things that you just know for you are going to be um, stage worthy? Uh, I think like sometimes I'll be thinking about something for a while and I'll get like, you know, I'll get the wording of something in my head. And I'll get a sentence that feels like really complete, you mm-hmm. know. Do you change it from what they exactly said or do you do you usually like do you maybe make it oh, more no, palatable? Sometimes I like sometimes I d- don't like have things that people said exactly you know like uh-huh. um yeah but i i feel like the, the stuff that i know is going to be on stage is like i'll be walking around and i'll hear something in my head that is like i'll just mm-hmm. get a joke will just like come to me you know totally. a lot of times i am like writing and thinking about stuff for a while before that happens but mm-hmm. like, that's priming the pump though yeah like the, exactly the writing and the working on it and the struggle and the trying it out and then you're just like damn it and then you're walking away from you know it not working and then he goes and then your brain just goes you should do it this way yeah <laughs> <laughs> it, it's that i i really believe from all of our interviews with so many comedians now um and from talking about this ad nauseum that like it's it, that inspiration moment that you talk about where it just that sentence pops into your head is a direct it, you, it's hard to put it's hard to pin it like stitch it together but it's a direct result of all that priming all of that work you put in mm-hmm. to think about it and think about it and then eventually your brain your subconscious goes i did the work Cha-ching! yeah yeah definitely yeah, I think that's true. The anecdote occurs, right? You know, you have this anecdote, but you're like, I know it's funny, but I don't know why exactly. And it can take time. 
Yeah, I mean, but with somebody that's just like straight up saying something like ridiculous, then mm-hmm. it's like you don't have to think about why it's funny. Like it's it's, it's funny that right th- that they said it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There are a lot of things that that I do that are, make a lot of sense to me and to no one else. Like like <laughs> like, like there's a, it's extremely rational and logical, and I'm like I have a very and then I'll explain my rationale to people, and they'll be like, I would never do that, but I get it. I'll do things like. Um, and I don't know her funny until years later when I'm telling it to people. A, a good example would be like um, when I was learning about nutrition, I, I just focused exclusively on nutrition. And I was like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to just eat things strictly for the nutritional elements and I'm going to do it very efficiently. And I found out that I was like I, I was like, oh, the cheapest source of protein if I want to work out and build muscle, cheapest source of protein that I can get my hands on is tuna. But I don't want to eat a bunch of cans of tuna. It takes too long. So I just mixed it up with milk in a blender. Oh, God. And. And to me, that made so much sense. It was gross, but I was just like, I oh, just get it in me. And then my sister walked in while I was doing that. And she was like, what the fuck are you doing? So gross. That's I know. disgusting. I know this. Disgusting. I know. <laughs> the tuna shake thing is so gross. Yeah. But it made sense to me. Shake. <laughs> tuna shake made sense to me from the things that I was prioritizing. Yeah. And, but it, but I, don't, I didn't know that was funny until I was saying, I was, we were talking about nutrition. I said it at a party and people were dying laughing. I'm like, That's, why is that funny? funny and then i'd be like oh i guess it is from your perspective like, yeah that makes sense but i won't know i won't know the anecdote I when you get that it's tunnel funny. vision yeah. and you're like seeing one thing yeah, yeah that's really funny <laughs> oh my god in, in your stand-up you have a lot of anecdote anecdotes that you make a point in very very few words actually maybe this is a really good time to just play a bit of yours this is from Kate Willett's 2017 album Glass Gutter, and the track is called Choking from the Heart. It's kind of a weird time to be uh, a lady having sex. Like, I don't watch porn, but I think I still know what happens in it, though, because of the things that people try on me. <laughs> that is the real trickle down economics. <laughs> And I'm starting to get the impression that choking is really popular in pornography uh, because I've been doing some field research and <laughs> out there in the field, I'm going to say like nine out of ten guys want to choke a bitch. And it's like right away, too. It's like first date, choking, not even a date choking, like one drink. <laughs> I bought that drink. <laughs> like if he bought that drink, he then asked me to borrow $2. <laughs> And it's like, dude, that's too soon. I know that this is kind of old-fashioned, but, like, before a guy starts choking me, like, I like to be at the point in the relationship where I'm just already positive that he is not going to kill me for real. (laughs) (laughs) You end that with the the point of dating is dangerous, right? That's the sort of point. Very, very few words at at the end to flip that over to... That's what this is really about, in a way. And I I love that. How did you like? Were there multiple instances of this, and you eventually stitch, and you stitched it together? Was it one one sort of moment that you were like, "Oh, this happens. This probably happens a lot." What was the genesis of this bit for you? Uh, I was just hooking up with this one guy that I had hooked up with sometimes, and uh, you know, we were friends and stuff. But then he just started like randomly choking me, and um i was just kind of like i was just wondering in my head i was like are you a sociopath i mean you know if so that's cool i guess it's sort of exciting in its own way to not know you know but (laughs) (laughs) do you acknowledge other people's feelings and give it yeah. you don't oh i don't know yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a Ooh, mystery I might die it's very exciting you know? That's maybe really i'll nice. do some other stand-up about that yeah uh, i feel like <laughs> yeah because i feel like i used to date a lot of people that like i like to uh yeah i just um i couldn't tell if something was wrong with them like oh yeah something's yeah. wrong with him or like no kate something's wrong with him <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i could well, never tell the difference and that was exciting yeah. for me for a while <laughs> you know? there's this comedian Lizzie. wait what was exciting about it oh, sorry, sorry. uh oh man i don't know i don't know what was exciting about it i guess maybe like the i it's just a danger you know yeah. i mean which everyone likes like men love a little danger women totally. love a little danger but there is something pretty fucked up about the fact that uh, 
as a woman, like, you know, it's a, you, you can you can really only have like a, a moderate amount of danger because it can become too much danger very quickly. And I think that's well, kind of what I thought yeah. was funny about that. I don't know. A, a lot of things are like that. Like you want danger without the harm. Yeah. Right. You want you want to go on the roller coaster, but you don't want the roller coaster to come off the off the rails. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, we that's that's fun and fun humps stupid's leg. Like yeah. fun and stupid just go hand in hand. Yeah. And like, you, you know, uh, this all the extreme sport. That's what you dating was is it can be an extreme sport. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it can be like base jumping. <laughs> Lizzie, there's this oh, comic God. Lizzie Cassidy and she has this bit about having like rough sex with this guy, but then finding out right after that uh, he campaigned for Trump. And she's like, oh, you're not kinky. You just hate women. <laughs> like, it just makes it much different. Well, that's actually what that bit ended up being. Like, it was oh, really? About, like, um, yeah, that bit was like, I mean, it's similar. It's similar. It sounds like I did like a, a joke kind of like this on my Netflix um, special, which was I could tell by the way that certain guys were choking me that Trump was going to win. That two years later, which joke. I think was a kind of like ultimate uh, trajectory of that, you know, but I recorded this before. And that's, <laughs> I mean, Trump was the thing, but he wasn't the president. That's, that's so funny. great. That's a, that, that exemplifies a few different things. Like that's number one. It's here's this anecdote about choking, right? This yeah. one, basically like one guy, right. Yeah. That was choking you randomly and you were a little, it was like dangerous and whatever. Mm-hmm. Then there's like this next stage where then light, then the society shifted and then you began to see more possibilities for the bit. Like the, that one anecdote then becomes this big, uh, much larger commentary on society. I love hearing a bit develop like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. That's why it takes, I feel like it takes a while to write stand up sometimes because a lot of time something, the way it comes out originally is like. Not exactly what it ends up being. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Isn't it funny how? Yeah, really. They can it can get totally away from you, but that but where it gets away from you can be so fun. Yeah. You yeah. think you're gonna write? I'm gonna write this on you know choking, and then you're, and then you're like, actually, this is how. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have our president. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so great. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um. Let's uh. Let's go a little further with this bit. Where I'm just already positive that he is not going to kill me for real. Um, yeah, it's a it's a weird thing because I feel like a lot of the reason that guys are doing that is because like kind of being aggressive in bed. It's like a lot of people are really confused about like how gender roles are supposed to go right now and have a lot of anxiety about it. You know, it's like we all have a lot of questions on our minds, like. You know, are uh, women supposed to pay for half? Can men show their feelings? Are women people? Like, ah, we don't know. You know, like, we may never know. But I feel like there's got to be, like, some other ways, like, besides being really aggressive and bad. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, back in the olden days and stuff, like, my grandpa, you know, like, he wasn't choking my grandma. Like, that's, I, I, I don't know. I think he went fishing, you know? Like, <laughs> he wasn't like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but I think that also, I, like, I could tell, I honestly could tell that Trump was going to win. Um, oh, and the way that I could tell that, I could tell by the way that dudes were choking me. Oh, yeah, like, I, I guess slept was, like, right before uh-huh. I did that. I've slept with a lot of really unsuccessful straight white guys. And, like, no, I didn't seek it out. It's just, like, part of this job. Like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I could tell that it was, there was, like, some anxiety about it. It was like, this was supposed to be my world, bitch. And it's like, whoa, I don't want to be choked from the heart, you know? Like, <laughs> if a guy is slapping me in the face with his dick, I need to know that he is doing it ironically. I <laughs> rock. <laughs> What I really love about that is it takes it to this like funky emotional place. Like <laughs> I want to be choked from the heart. <laughs> <laughs> At the same time, it's so silly. Yeah, it's really funny. <laughs> uh, I, I'm I'm curious. Like, do you remember the writing process for this particular part of it? I was like honestly very motivated. Like during this bit, I was like very motivated by the like uh, stairwell revenge thing. You know, I like really wanted to like find some sick burns of these dudes or whatever. Yeah, this was definitely a bit that was like super motivated by, uh, I don't know, 
me trying to like have a sense of like my own power again after like Uh having weird experiences that's not every bit but i think definitely for like this one i think it's so funny like i think that the i think that the reason that like it's like funny to say stuff like that is because like especially like i think people think sexuality is something that's like happening to women especially when you're talking about this like kind of like super aggressive sex like they don't imagine the person who like is in that situation a woman in that situation Mm -hmm. like having agency or like an interior life at all so it's like that fact itself of someone being in that situation and just kind of thinking things through is funny to people you know yeah like what's going through a woman's mind when this guy is just like going ape shit and he's like she probably likes it like this (laughs) (laughs) i'm just gonna take a guess and say hitting is her thing Yeah. yeah Exactly. Yeah. I want. I love, and and, the, and also just the desire, like that the way you you split it apart. The, the I want it. It should be ironic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is this is. Uh, I I mean I don't the mean it. Can you tell by the look on my face? Yeah. <laughs> this is like I so don't care. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you have like a Nick Cage shirt. That's ridiculous. That's so funny. And, and then the contrast. You use contrast so well here. You're just like ch- choked from the heart. Like yeah. God, what a great. What a great a perfect. series of words. Yeah. That oh, could have been you. the name of the album, too. That could have yeah, been an easily. alternative name. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway. And choking from the heart, it's, just, it's a great pun. It's a, it's us. So it's so Oh, yeah. thank you so much. It's rich. I'm not trying to kink shame anyone, by the way. Like, I know that there's a lot of people here that are, like, really into, like, BDSM. And, like, that's cool with me. Like, I don't personally want to be whipped by a guy in leather, but I'm very down to be smacked around a little bit by a guy in a flannel. (laughs) (laughs) I just need to see that little sparkle in his eye that's like, you know what? I don't hate girls for real, you know? (laughs) Like, the dude I sleep with sometimes will be like, I want to destroy that pussy. And I'm just like... Vaginas are pretty resilient, man. Like, <laughs> I don't think you're going to destroy that pussy. Like, we have, like, monthly menstruation. We have childbirth, you know? It's like, you're definitely not going to destroy that pussy. If it makes you feel any better, you have had a very negative impact on my life. <laughs> That's, That's going to be the best I can do for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Or, like, guys will ask me these really, like, porn-tastic questions and stuff, like... And I can always tell that they don't want a real answer to them, because if I gave the real answer, like, it would be super weird. Like, if I was, like... If a guy was just, like, do you like that? Do you like that? Do you like that? And I was just, like, yeah, man, I'm all right with it. (laughs) Or, Or if he was, like, do you like this cock? And I was just, like... Yeah, I don't know if it was worth the trouble. Like, <laughs> it's fine. Your cock is fine. There's nothing wrong with it. It is similar in size and shape to a lot of your friends. <laughs> Forgot that line. You can't be real like that. You just have to be like, uh, uh, you know? And <laughs> that kind of weirds me out. <laughs> Especially, too, when, like, if it gets too noisy, like, sometimes guys will, like, shush me. You know, they'll put their hand on my mouth and be like, shh. And it's just like, man, do you want me to be quiet because you're a dude with a lot of roommates or is it because I'm a lady with a lot of opinions? (laughs) (laughs) I also feel like porn has really changed the way that people think about women's bodies. Like, I uh, had this guy tell me that he was scared to go down on me because he... Uh, because I had pubic hair. He said scared. That was the word that he used, was scared. I just had to, like, gently remind that guy that men used to have to fight wars. (laughs) (laughs) Your grandpa was in the trenches. You can get in the bushes, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, So is is that an actual thing? No. <laughs> I mean, kind of. I but, don't know. There was definitely like a guy that complained a lot that I had pubic hair. And he like literally said that's so rude. He no, didn't no, say no, he no. was scared, but I could tell he was scared and yeah. he was complaining. Uh-huh. So I kind of mixed yeah. it together. Right. I, I, I think that's like a common thing. Actually, it was hard for me to learn. It was like that when relating the anecdote, 
um, people don't oh, care about the fucking about facts. <laughs> yeah. Um, they, yeah, it's hard for me to learn to not be afraid of pubic hair. <laughs> I was very terrified. And then I thought about my, my father's uh, time in Nam. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I... I, I I think that was that was hard for me to learn that you can adjust the anecdote a little to make your joke funnier and people are like nobody's like well but really no they're like did he, did we laughed really hard yeah <laughs> it was yeah fact no checking. one really cares yeah yeah that was t- did you did you know that right away or did you um did you have to learn that I think I always changed stuff because I didn't want people to see the stand up and like know that it was like about them you know mm-hmm. like I changed it enough that I uh that they wouldn't be like, Hey, that's me, you know, but actually that doesn't work. It's just more like everyone is like cool jokes. You wrote about me, Kate. And I'm like, actually that was like about someone different. (laughs) I'm glad you think you're an idiot, but yeah. 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 That was about some other skater. (laughs) That's really funny. (laughs) I think it's better when you do what you did, where it's just you, you make it as on the nose as possible because it's not, too far from reality and it's just easier if you just like verbalize the like feeling you know yeah i I also was listening to this stuff and it's like i think that you know i recorded this like about two years ago now Mm -hmm. and i was thinking that my stand-up in new york is like it's like it's different from this at this point i think so i think if i was taking that long to get to jokes i'd feel like i was like fucking up it's just stand up in New York is like so much faster, but uh-huh, I kind of yeah. like the West Coast thing. That's like a little more, a like, little more slow, a little more vulnerable. Yeah, I like I've never that done too. On the Maybe, West Coast, yeah. I didn't know that was a West Coast thing. Yeah. Um, I just think that in New York, everyone's like, get to it, like bam, 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 punch bam. it up, which is like better stand up. Like that's uh-huh. like better craft for sure. But I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't think I could have like done, experimented with as much like stories and stuff if I was like trying to approach stand up the same way i approach it in new york now you know totally yeah i lean more towards towards stories i love storytelling and um i've definitely had to just like i'll do it here but it's i know it's risky yeah so risky because people just don't have the patience for it even though if you do a story really really well people will not fucking forget it yeah whereas like you can do 30 jokes great jokes in a row and maybe people remember one of them Mm -hmm. maybe but a great story people are like that's that guy who tells that story about that thing yes it's just it's more impactful the laughter there can be like deeper and more like oh my god i love that i know this now holy shit yeah as opposed to like really 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 good jokes they're great people are laughing but they just kind of come in they they go they come in they go like those jokes that people remember are the ones where they come up to afterwards like did that really happen like did yeah. that like yeah. because it's based on a story, but but that's hard to do in New York. It's yeah. tough. It's tough. Let's finish this this clip. Yeah, it's just one. I've done that one more dumb joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Your grandpa was in the trenches. You can get in the bushes, my friends. <laughs> the weirdest one that people do all the time. This isn't really misogynistic, but it's just like really bizarre when dudes say this thing where they're like, "Come for me." Come for me, come for me. Because I just don't know if that ever works. Like, I, like I, I've never had a friend tell me, like, Kate, last night was so hot. I slept with this guy, and he just nagged the fuck. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> like, I've gotten people to do things by telling them to do it over and over again. Like, I got a roommate to wash the dishes that way. <laughs> I got a boyfriend to put his socks directly in the hamper, but I, I can't really imagine how it would work in the case of orgasm. Like, you know, it's just like, come for me, come for me, come for me. And the other person's just like, fine. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Fine. Oh, thanks. <laughs> That's really, yeah, it's great. He just <laughs> nagged the fuck out of me. It's so great. <laughs> hey. Hey, I told you that I was going to have this episode out by Monday, every other Monday, and then I didn't do that. So I got to honor my word and say, hey, I'm sorry, I broke my word to you. And I know most of the people, eh, who gives a shit, but there are some people who do give a shit, and I give a shit. 
No excuses for it. It's it's done now, and I apologize for the wait. Especially, I apologize to my lovely employers. Please don't fire me, my new Patreon patrons. I am so grateful for your patronage. Thank you so, so, so very much. I hope I haven't lost my job with you. And then also, a few people have tipped us through Venmo and PayPal, and I just thank you so much. And it's we're so happy that this is making a difference for people and that it's entertaining and educational and that some people really, really, really love it. Always, always, uh, of course, thank you to Harrison for all the work he has me do. And then uh, to all of our guests, who've, who've uh, many of our guests are listeners, and thank you guys. You've really made this an incredible year. So uh, I, obviously I'm coming right off of Thanksgiving, so I'm full of gratitude. Anyway, thanks a lot, and um, feel free to send us more money. <laughs> we'll take it. Uh, <laughs> I make negative $23,000 a year doing comedy, so I, I'll anything you want to do to help support this endeavor, I'll totally take your help. Thanks. But the biggest thing you can do of all is to stop this right this second and go share it. Go share it on your Facebook, share it on Twitter, share it on Instagram, share it with people who love comedy, people who love stand-up, people who want to do stand-up. If you know somebody who is just, they, you know they want to get up there, send this to them. Or even better, if you're a comedian, share this with another comedian. Go grab that joke writing episode, send it over to that open mic comedian friend of yours and make your open mics a little bit better tomorrow. Come on. Let's talk about sex. All right. Well, let's take a minute to introduce Kate. So Kate Willett. Hi. Hi. Kate's a comedian. She's an actress. She's a writer. She's done a lot of stuff that I've loved for sure. Like your 15 minute uh, special on Netflix's comedy lineup. That was just this year, right? Yeah. Was just recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it was, that was fun. We've been fortunate enough to have you on at Brick Spot. Oh, uh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been great. And then you've been a correspondent on the Jim Jeffries show. Just one time, yeah. Yeah, yep. And then also, we mentioned already, but Comedy Central's This Is Not Happening told a great story about Burning Man. Oh, thank you. Yep. Yeah, that's super funny. Uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for doing this today. Oh, thank you for having me. It's so, fun to talk about stand-up. So did you start in San Francisco? Yeah. What got you into stand-up? Like, what was the, what was that, what what does it mean to you? I think I was just one of those people that was, like, uh, being obnoxious at parties, like, trying to, like, do bits on my friends, you know? And then I was like, I need to find a more appropriate format yeah. for this, you know? Same here. I think same for you, right, Jeffrey? I mean, I guess. I, like, we were just doing bits a lot. Yeah. Life bits. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. just always knew it was, like... yeah. What I wanted to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, did you did you listen to stand up a lot before that, or? Yeah, not. I really liked Laura Keitlinger when I was growing up. I don't a know lot. who that is. Oh, she's yeah. really funny. She was like huge in the nineties, but she's still really funny. Mm-hmm. Like I love her. Yeah, definitely. Laura Keitlinger. Her. Laura Keitlinger. Yeah, okay. I was really into Margaret Cho. Uh huh. Oh yeah, she's great. Yeah. yeah. I'm curious, where did you start in San Francisco? Uh, the Brainwash Cafe. Yeah! The yeah. <laughs> this person's new. Give him a lot of love, everybody. Yeah, right? totally, yeah. yeah. What was that his name? Closed. His name's Tony Sparks. Yeah. And the Brainwash Laundromat closed. But uh-huh. they, they, were, they had open mics there like almost every day. I lived one block. I lived one block from there. Oh, cool. Yeah. It was like, I was on Langton. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's sweet. Um, <laughs> that, that first, like... I lo- I saw that multiple times, and I always thought that was the nicest thing to do when somebody was new. It just like get, like g- direct everybody to just shower them with with love. It's like this is, you get this one time. <laughs> yeah. Totally, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, at what point did you start doing it all the time? I guess for like the first two months, I was probably doing it like three or four times a week, and I thought that was a lot. That but- is a lot for, especially when you start. Yeah, but then. I had this, this, there was this guy, Kasim Bentley, who was like, he's really funny. He's very famous among San Francisco standups because he's been doing it a long time and he's like very fatherly. Like he gives advice and I was like, he's like, Kate, you need to do standup a lot. And I was like, I'm doing it like three nights a week. And he's like, you need to be doing it 10 times a week minimum. And I was oh, like, yeah. okay. And then I started doing it like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, That's nice. So you started grinding quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. What what did you, uh, what were you writing jokes about when you first started? I had been married to this lady and we had gotten a divorce like a couple years before I started stand up. Like we got married like really young. Oh, wow. Very young, you know. Um, And uh, I had a bit about like getting a divorce 
from her and like finding her on OkCupid trying to like search for like lesbians in my area and they were like you'd be really compatible with this woman and I was like <laughs> I'm not <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah you'd oh, think yeah. so on the it surface. is like you know <laughs> you're 86% compatible uh, it's like uh, yeah but that 14% really makes a difference <laughs> that's super funny that's really great I, I, oh, I w- it wasn't that funny when I first started you yeah. know but uh, have you brought it back no, maybe I will. I mean, mm-hmm. I tell a joke now that like I wrote within my first like six months of comedy. I just brought it back mm-hmm. and it's like murdering. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's like one of the funniest. And it didn't at the time. But I think maybe like I understand how to like tweak it. I don't know. I think I had a lot of the same ideas, uh-huh. but I just like I wasn't as good. There's at no expressing. execution. I didn't know how to express them. But yeah, I yeah. did have like a lot of jokes about like, just, you know, being a woman around men and just mm-hmm. kind of like. It's just feeling like slightly like an outsider, you know, Um, but then I like I wasn't like good at that, you know, and then I guess maybe like six months in a year in I broke up with a a boyfriend and then I started dating a lot. Uh, That is a euphemism. And uh, (laughs) and I wrote a lot about that for a while. Yeah. What's your writing process like? We love. Oh, man. I don't know. I mean, it just really depends, you know, like. I think that when I was like first doing stand up, like I wrote, I wrote a lot, but I was also like doing a lot of things. I was like going on a lot of weird trips, like living in weird communes and stuff. And Whoa. like my life was just really funny. Like stuff would just like come to me all the time. I mean, I would write like all the time too, but yeah. I think now I just like work a lot harder. You know, I'm not like, I'm not like doing like insane stuff all the time. So I tend to like sit down on my computer more and like think about stuff. Uh, and then like try it out, you know, let's talk about that a little bit. I love to get in the weeds on this stuff because people just never verbal. They don't they don't verbalize this. They just do it. Right. So you'll 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 have an idea. How does it usually start? Like, do you just like something will strike you as funny or are you starting with a point? Either way, or just something I'm okay. laughing about with my friends. Maybe some of the best jokes have come from just things right. that are, I'm cracking up about with my friends, mm-hmm. you know? Uh-huh. Bouncing stuff off each other, and then you're just like, okay, that's that's the thing. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of ways in, you uh-huh. know? Uh-huh. So, so okay, let's let's take the one. Let's take it step by step. So, let's say um, you start with something funny. You sit down. You're starting, you're, you're starting to write about the funny thing. What is that moment like for you? Well, okay, I'll tell you how I thought about the glass gutter joke that right. you like. It's a joke about, like, how basically people want people want women to be equal but they they think about women being the president you know and nobody's like super down for like a piece of shit woman and (sighs) then um that bit goes on for a little while and then i'm like there's a glass ceiling but there's a glass gutter too which is like the title of my album but the way that that joke came around was like i was just living in this like big house full of people Mm -hmm. and there was this guy in a band named johnny cat um, it was so 1960s, you know, and he was just like, he was just like hammered all the time and like hooking up with like all these women. And he he was great, like such a fun person, you know, very cool. But I just felt like, man, like if I tried to live my life the way that this guy is living his life, which I was getting close to, you know, like I was I was uh, approaching were- it, but people would be like. Hey, this is a serious problem. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. But for him, it was just like, ah, it's a good time. Yeah, but like, yeah. if you know, like for me, I felt like people were just kind of constantly like, yeah, because I had sex a lot, and people were kind of like always like um, having talks with me about how they were like worried about me, which makes complete sense. You know, I think I was uh, putting myself in some very dangerous situations. <laughs> you know, like it made sense that my friends were worried, but I was like feeling mad because I was like, nah, like I've got this like cool rock and roll shit in me too. You know, like yeah. I'm just, I, I, I'm just living a rock and roll lifestyle, yeah. man. And then that was, so I thought of about that. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, but it that took like. It took like a year from the time that I, maybe six months from the time that I first started thinking about that guy mm-hmm. to the point where like I like sat down and like wrote a bit about it. Like mm-hmm. I was like milling that idea around in my head for a while. It's a great yeah. perspective. What popped into my head too is I was like, why are people approaching you about it? Because I'm like extremely sex positive. So I'm like, what's well, not, I don't think it's what you were doing necessarily, but why? Right. That's, I think that's what people are worried about. Or is that or is that or wrong? Is that not, not accurate? I don't know. I think that there's a bunch of different things. Maybe the why, maybe how upset I was a lot of the time. And I was upset, I think, because not because I was having sex with people, but I was upset because I think I was 
hooking up with people that were like not that great to me a lot of the time uh-huh, you know like just you. yeah yeah and yeah i thought that was uh hilarious <laughs> you know? but i was also upset a lot you know? yeah. so it made sense that my friends were like kate you know like uh you're crying and i was like you're slut shaming me <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what year is this so by the way around uh probably like 2015 2015 so people were worried because you didn't seem like you were emotionally coping with your own behavior uh and that's what they're worried about i think that was definitely a big part of it but i do think that there was also like a sexist element like a legit sexist yeah there was definitely like a sexist element you know like i had this one joke that i i I like kind of finished i think some version of this like might be on my album but like i i kind of want to come back to it in like some other way yeah it's like there was a dude that i like kept sleeping over kept sleeping with like a lot and he was not nice to me you know i shouldn't have been sleeping with that guy like he was but when I had male friends that were like dating or sleeping with somebody that like also wasn't that great of a person that people were like, why? He'd be like, she's so hot. Mm-hmm. And people would think that that was a good reason, you know, <laughs> <laughs> where it's like in my case, like yeah. if I, people would be like, why are you doing this? And I'm like, cause I really want to, I'm really <laughs> attracted to him. People were like, you need to go to years of therapy. <laughs> you know? And I just, there was just like a, there was a weightiness to yeah, the judgment yeah. about uh-huh. it, which was like, Kind of like, well, I mean, like, why don't I just get to, like, have mistakes and be, like, motivated totally. by, right. like, my, you know, my horniness or immaturity in the same way that, yeah. like, like a why does it have to. to be, why does it have to be so much, why does it have to be so much fucking baggage? Why are you adding baggage yeah. to this? Why can't exactly. I just, like, yeah. go make mistakes? Everybody, oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Just, like, let me be an idiot. <laughs> I was, and then the flip side, too, the flip side is, like, uh, also, nobody is turning to Johnny Cat and being like, Hey man, you're drinking a lot and having a lot of random sex. Are you okay? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, what's, just, what's going on, buddy? Like nobody cares about men's feelings. Like, like, like there's a sexist. It's sexist in both directions. Yeah, it's like yeah, the yeah, same yeah. Yeah, oh, just, you kind of touched on that in the bit. It was like women aren't people, and then the like men aren't a lot of feelings or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. That's really funny because I was really promiscuous for a time, and. Um, I remember people being like, you slut, but they would never like sit me down and be like, like people are thinking you're a slut. And I feel like this is coming from a very like, like a, a place where you're trying to fill a void. Like no one ever sat me down for that. People are just like, ah, Harrison's just out there fucking. What a weird guy. Also, you know what I mean? all your friends can't get laid. So like, it's kind of hard for any of them <laughs> yeah. to I be like, we're you- worried about you, dude. <laughs> Yeah. It's so funny. I do because I, you know, you got to work out some material at Mike's from time to time. And I have this stuff about going to sex addiction meetings. And then just guys will just come up on stage after and be like, Harrison just like bragging about on the set. I'm like, well, all right. I guess that's how men think of sex. Like, there's just no there, way. None it of could them ever have any empathy for you, dude. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I don't, that's, yeah. that's just the way it works. It's and I so guess weird. I'm conditioned to be like, yeah, I guess it's not, it's not sad <laughs> or something. There's a certain extent for every person like where you just like you do have to like make your mistakes and you see for sure the consequences of things and then you make your decisions and stuff like mm-hmm. and i i don't know i i think that like everyone should get to have that to a certain extent you know you don't want to hurt other people you know for but sure. like i mean for me I think that the time that I was like just hooking up with like a bunch of like ridiculous dudes or whatever, <laughs> like sometimes it was really hot. Sometimes it was really funny. And yeah. like, you know, I eventually like decided like, no, like it's, I actually want to uh, have a relationship with someone who's like very kind to me and yeah, like yeah. we get along and stuff. But, but you I also, don't know. but I came to that honestly. Like it wasn't like, sure. it wasn't like because like, the culture is just like telling me like, you, you know, like you have to find demand. a partner. Like I was very yeah. um, against that mentality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think this is so important. Like uh, what's the, f- the line is that uh, good choices come from wisdom. 
wisdom comes from bad choices. Yeah, totally. Right? And like you don't, so much in life you don't, you can hear it all day long, but until you have the experience yourself, you don't really get it. And there are lots of people who are very compliant. And so they, so they just, they don't ever have that experience. But I, for one, like to make my own mistakes. Yeah. And, and there's a lot to be gained from that. Mm -hmm. Like you get a lot of wisdom from fucking up. Yeah. And, and that's okay. And for like people to be like so down on you about it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I love, I love that perspective. Just like, shut the fuck. Can I just be an idiot? Yeah. 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 Come on. Let's talk about sex. This next clip is called Glass Gutter. It's from Kate Willett's album Glass Gutter. I do think that women are only making progress in the success direction. Like, it's, there's still no love for a piece of shit woman yet. Uh, <laughs> A lot of institutional obstacles to being a scumbag lady, you know? <laughs> this is a progressive crowd, so let's do a little experiment. Like, if I'm like, okay, imagine a doctor or a lawyer or an astronaut. Make some noise if you can imagine a woman for at least one of those things. <laughs> it's 2016. I figured as much. But the second I'm like, okay, imagine a scumbag, a dirtbag, a degenerate. Well, 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 it's a fucking guy every time. <laughs> every fucking time. Women can be CEOs, but we're not going to be equal until we can pass out some more places. <laughs> there's a glass ceiling, but there's a glass gutter as well. <laughs> and I have uh, devoted my life to trying to shatter it. <laughs> People can't even think about women that way. Like, whenever I hear even a female friend being like, oh, I was so bad last night. Like, it's always about carbohydrates. And never, <laughs> it's never about cocaine, you know? So and all, like, the little disgusting shit that men get to do. Like, I've noticed the guys scratch their nuts all the time. All the time. And you do this fucking pocket shit. So you don't... <laughs> You don't think that we know about it. Yeah, we fucking know. <laughs> we see you scratching your nuts. And I don't even care. I'm not trying to be uptight about it. Like, the only reason it even makes me mad in the first place is because I can't scratch my vagina. <laughs> That's not because it doesn't itch, my friends. Like, <laughs> if anything, it itches more because I have to shave the side of it to please the patriarchy. <laughs> And that's harder than it seems, too, you know? Because I like to keep, like, this balance where it's, like, feminist but not antagonistic. Like, <laughs> where it has a message, but it's not going to stay in the guy's teeth, you know? <laughs> <laughs> on, on brand, but not aggressive. Uh, it, it's hard. And, you know, I feel like all the images of rebellious people, it's almost always a guy, you know, like if you think about James Dean or Kurt Cobain, it's always some dude with an awesome jacket, like <laughs> denim, leather, or whatever, but then like the sour facial expression is a big part of it, and it's like, that's my facial expression, dudes will just start telling me to smile, and I know that women don't do that to sad men, because we fucking love sad men. <laughs> that shit makes us super horny. Like, if you're a certain type of sad guy, like, if you're sad but you're attractive, like, a lot of codependent ladies will try to fix you with their vaginas. Like, that's just a thing. <laughs> Guys get so much credit for their depression. Like, we see that shit, and we're just like, mm -mm -mm, maybe he's thinking about art. Like, <laughs> no. He's not sad because he has a beautiful soul. He's sad because his dick hurts from having sex with so many other codependent women. <laughs> <laughs> <Dick. laughs> uh, I, I love it um, so gross yeah. so gross uh, yeah. Yeah. that's really funny imagery it's it's great. yeah it's, I, I really like the uh, there, there, there's something that I've, I find you do I definitely you know, I've seen it at, at Brick Spot when I'm watching your sets you'll like go down this path where you'll build just a certain amount of tension where like You'll like push it just to this point where people start to drop off just a just a little bit. And then like it's I love that you're willing to go there. You'll build that tension to the point where people are so, I don't know about. 
<laughs> like it's really well done. I don't know if you're doing it intentionally or you know it, but I watch you do it. Um, and I, it takes confidence to do that. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I don't think I really, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think I have any kind of like a conscious competence around that. Maybe okay. a little bit, but I, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's just that my real opinions uh, make people feel tense. <laughs> but if you put a punchline at the end of it, then they'll be like, okay, she's fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I do like the the contrast again about sad men and and they're dep- giving them credit for their depression and things like that. Did that come from your own like sort of anecdotal experience or was that you're watching it or what? what's the genesis of that observation? I mean, I think it was just like, you know, those guys I was like living in that co-op with and also being around a lot of male stand-ups, like they were like sexy to women in this way that was like very like motivated, like by, um, you know, like I just saw like women, including myself, be yeah. like, oh yeah, like this guy's like so broken. It's so hot. <laughs> you know? But then I was also yeah. like, I, I didn't feel like anybody wanted to um have sex with me because i was like a mess like i felt like i had to put a lot of uh, effort into both my uh physical appearance Mm -hmm. and seeming like i was not a mess (laughs) so there was part of me that just felt like a little bit uh like yeah you know it's a real bummer that women don't get to be uh sexy in that way i mean i would uh cut down um my uh getting ready time as well as the resources that I spend on uh, uh, mental health a lot. Yeah. You know? Oh, so it's the inefficiency that bothered you. Yeah, <laughs> the inef- yeah I think so. I, not just the inefficiency, but just I like, I, I just... Uh, I, I just felt like, man, you know, I have th- I have this like loner, brooding, rock and roll nature. Yeah. Like it's the only reason that it's not cool is because uh, I'm a woman. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. That's a good observation. Because that's such a persona for so many men. Exactly. Like, and I you felt don't like want I... me. I'm fucking dumb. I, I'm empty. Yeah. I can't figure myself out. Mm-hmm. I'm so broken. It's so real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Sleep in my car. It's like, oh, let me hold you in your car. Yeah. That's like the, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I feel like I'm actually learning something. Like, like I'm not, I don't ever notice that. Yeah, yeah. I've never experienced that to be the case. Like when I'm sad, it's really ugly. <laughs> it's nobody is you don't like brood well. You're saying no. I, I'm, I'm like people are just like this is uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I want to leave. <laughs> I feel like can't I was he good stay at... in his room like a regular ass depressed person? <laughs> I feel like I'm good at being sad. People. Yeah, yeah people you were always... you were you were uh, getting uh, you're getting a, yeah, a softy totally, on that I one. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. You couldn't. Yeah, I felt personally <laughs> responsible. <laughs> I was like, oh God, I'm yeah. I was benefiting from what your bit is about. Oh, that's hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. All right. I want to play this bit. It's by, it's a very different tone, but it's, it fits the theme in terms of uh, um, an anecdote that somebody takes pretty far. Uh, This is from Brian Regan's 2004 special. I walked on the moon and I believe it's called me monster. I'm actually kind of quiet off stage. A lot of people don't realize that I was at a dinner party recently Bunch of people that I don't know. One guy talking plenty for everybody. Me, myself, right? And then I, and then myself, right? Me, me. I couldn't tell this one about I because I was talking about myself, and then me, 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 Beware the me monster. So I tried to jump in with a little story. I don't want to just sit there the whole night. Right when I'm done with my story, this guy goes, that ain't nothing. Oh, well, what? Didn't mean to waste everybody's time. <laughs> Telling my nothing story. Here, let Marco Polo speak. He's back with tales of adventure. My story ain't nothing. Maybe it wasn't, because I made the mistake of trying to tell a story about having only two wisdom teeth pulled, and I learned a lesson. Don't ever try to tell a two wisdom tooth story, because you ain't going nowhere. The four wisdom teeth people are going to parachute in and cut you off at the pass. Halt! Halt with your two wisdom tooth tail! You will never complete one, trust me. 
trying to tell my story. You know, I had some wisdom teeth pulled. I had, um, I had two, but I had four pulled. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, five, no, nine. I had nine wisdom teeth pulled. All of mine were impacted. They were all coming upside down. The roots wrapped around my tongue, coming out my nose. They were tusks. I was a warthog. No anesthesia. They pulled them out with pliers. I was eating corn on the cob that afternoon. <laughs> Pin the blue ribbon upon his chest. <laughs> that knocks the socks off of my wisdom tooth tail. Why do people need to top other people? I've never understood it, and I see it all the time. Obviously, people get something out of it. At best, people wait for your lips to stop. Yeah, as soon as... Okay, yeah, you, me! You, me! You see the difference? You see, you see that? Oh, now I do. What is it about the human condition? People get something out of that. That's why I have a social fantasy. I wish I was one of the 12 astronauts who have been on our moon. They must love knowing they can beat anybody's story whenever they want. They can sit back quietly at a dinner party while some other person, some me monster, is doing his thing and let him go. Let him run with the line while you be quiet. Oh, really? <laughs> let him have his moment. Yeah, I'm a big traveler. I have my business. All. I got my own global enterprise I got to check on. You know, driving in the Autobahn because I keep a fleet of sports cars over in Zurich. You know, I got this Swiss account that I don't want to check out. Mount Kilimanjaro expedition. Might have to cancel that. You know, runways in Aspen are a lot shorter the first time you go in there. You know, you know, you know the Pacific Rim Company are going to try to take that over. And they, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 it's a global enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> I walked on the moon. <laughs> well, you have the floor, moonwalker. <laughs> you know, you mentioned driving on the Autobahn. That reminded me. Once I was driving in the sea of tranquility. <laughs> in my lunar rover. Two was worried about our speed till I remembered why we're the only ones on the moon. <laughs> you guys are great. Uh, oh, that's a great closer. I love that bit so why, much. Why'd you pick that bit? Um, I love it because it just start. It just starts with this little anecdote him trying to even tell an anecdote yeah. it's an anecdote about him failing to be able to tell <laughs> his anecdote about oh, i got my wisdom teeth ah, four like yeah yeah yeah. that it just starts with that yeah and then it becomes a it does it's just perfect stand-up it like it it's be, a little like the bamford bit in terms of like the kind of person they're talking about yes yeah yes super confident people yeah yeah I was yeah. About that yeah. Too. yeah yeah the overly aggressive confidence uh-huh. yeah and like, or, or like, I don't know, like, um, I almost wonder if like the better word would be like arrogant here, right? Because like, I don't know, somebody who's like got that, who's, who's got that much going on and is actually comfortable with themselves, they don't need to tell you everything <laughs> that they're doing. Yeah. You know, it's like, I've, I've, I heard this when I was in college, somebody said this to me and I've, I've taken it with me my whole life to try to <laughs> keep myself in check, which is just that I'm at my most arrogant when I'm at my least secure. Yeah, totally. And like, like that's kind of what it seems like here. Like here's this guy trying to pump up, beat his own chest and pump himself up. Cause deep inside he's very not okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so he he's, seeks validation, right? He's seeking validation. So he's going to rip it from your fucking gullet uh, yeah. with his Dumbass you know, global enterprise shit. Yeah. And then to have like, this person who's genuinely confident. Uh-huh. Like, I, yeah, I actually have accomplished a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't need to tell everybody. But I did if, something historic. Yeah. yeah. If, if, you, if you're going to put me in this position, I guess I'll say it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so funny. Yes. And it's, very, it's, it's almost like a contrast between arrogance and confidence here. Mm-hmm. And it's a commentary on that. It starts with a wisdom tooth tale. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> so cool. You said, He's so funny. Yeah. And I I love when, I just love anytime, I love it when 
uh, something can when you have this deep commentary on the human condition mm-hmm. and people and then you sit there and everybody can relate and even if you don't aren't necessarily able to verbalize it everybody gets it you're all laughing from both recognition mm-hmm. and surprise and at the same time you're laughing at yourselves and like ah it's just a, oh, it's more like stand up yeah yeah it's kind of nice yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that's a great clip I love that yeah I I also really liked I in general his his word choice is just. Mwah. Yeah, he uses syn- what uh, synonyms. <laughs> yeah, and he's like his whole uh, like the wi- four wisdom tooth people will parachute in and cut you off at the pass. Yes, yes, right. It's then the, he's, then his all his exaggeration where he's just like it's really emphatic. Yes, and yeah. he's he's like these guys. He's like it's and then he goes into silly absurd territory with it. It was just like there's nine. Was, I, I had nine. They're all impacted. They're upside down. I was a warthog. There were roots <laughs> around my tongue. No anesthesia. We're eating corn on the cob the next day. Like that. Whole, yeah. That whole thing is just it's so much imagery all at once. It's totally absurd. It's like, like freaking escalating cartoon. it to this like more intense. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. 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 Um, and also, like, I think there's, unfortunately, there's a lot lost because this is an audio format. Um, if you have a chance, uh, dear listener, watch Brian Regan. His facial expressions and his his <laughs> full-on acting act-outs are mm-hmm. just perfectly choreographed. Okay. So funny. He's amazing. Yeah. Come on. Let's talk about sex. A uh, huge thanks to our guest, Kate Willett. Thank you yeah. so much. for having me. This was so much fun. Yeah. I'm glad. Yeah, it was good. Uh, this is great. Let's yeah. do a few plugs. You're going to be in Austin, Texas. I am at yeah. the Valve. The yeah. Valve, V-E-L-V-E. The link, of course, to all this stuff will be in the show notes. That's November 30th and December 1st, yep. right? And then Vermont Comedy Club, December 13th through the 15th. Yep. Right? And um, are you you're headlining? Yeah. Awesome. No, no, not in Vermont. In, Ver- in the Valve, yes. Yes. Uh, in Vermont Comedy Club, uh, I am uh, opening for Josh Gondelman's album recording. Ooh. Oh, yeah. cool. Josh He's Gondelman's so great. Funny. He's so great, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, also, please, everybody, go check out both her album on Spotify, which we've been playing excerpts from. And then, of course, uh, check out Kate's Netflix special from the comedy lineup. Um, it's worth your time. And then follow our guest. You can follow Kate Willett you can, uh, easily by just check out her her website. That's katewillett.com. Two L's, two T's. Again, notes in the show notes and then links in the show notes. And then twitter.com, the, the handle is just Kate Willett. Yep. And then Instagram is Kate.Willett. Yeah, and I have, Willett has two L's and two T's. Mm-hmm. Two L's, two T's, right? Yep. yep. Don't follow Kate Willett with one T. Yeah, she sucks, She's already right? gotten enough of my email. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, oh, and also you can join your mailing list, of course, yep. on your website. And then our plugs really quickly. So, yeah. of course, go to BrickspotComedy.com mm-hmm. if you want to find out the latest uh, the latest shows that we're going to have at V-Spot in the East Village of Manhattan. And uh, in particular, I'd love to plug, just come by Fridays at 9 p.m. to Late Night Romp. We book it really heavily. We do our best to get the best comics we can uh, in, in the city. It is It has been just bonkers lately. Um, it's um, Yeah, it's super fun. And um, it, uh, also, as always, uh, please, 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 if you feel grateful, if you like this, if you like what we're doing and uh, you want to support the show, we, of course, accept. Please be our patron on Patreon. That's mm-hmm. patreon.com forward slash let's talk about sets. You can also send money directly if you don't want to sign up for a monthly thing. Go ahead to over to uh, PayPal. That's Jeff at let's talk about sets. Dot com, mm-hmm. Or you can even send stuff to us via Venmo, as janky as that sounds. Yeah, I love <laughs> that's it. Je- that's Jeff McBride. That's my handle on that. And then if you want to find out more about our guests, head on over to Let's Talk About Sets.com. Everything we talked about is going to be in those show, no- show notes. We have everything organized by theme and by episode, like, like what comedians we discussed. You can get our episodes automatically, of course, blah, blah, blah. You know how podcasts work. <laughs> uh, and of course, uh, special thanks to Maria Bamford, Brian Regan, Brian Regan, and uh, Salt and Pepper. For their incredible contribution yeah. to this podcast. And of course, Kate. And of course, Kate Willard. Thanks so much. Thank you. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that make me. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex.